1: uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs, all the information at highfivehealthandfitness.com.
0: It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at, holiday season That's style. right.
1: That's right. Doesn't stop us from traveling, though.
0: No, no, not at all, because we are going to London
1: Across the pond.
0: It is great. And we have Dr. Boomi.
1: So much fun. What a great interview. I Uh, say
0: that because she's got a great accent.
1: Well, she's, yeah, she's she's from, she's British. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, we're the ones with the accents Mm -hmm. on her end, you know how it works. Uh, But awesome. Uh, Dr. Boomi is a uh, food addiction coach. Uh, and you know and, and food addiction counselor soon to be uh she's an author of a book called Craving Freedom and we talk a lot about uh food addiction and and uh and how we go about uh discussing it and helping people and and you know how what are the best techniques and you know ways to uh tackle this you know just enormous issue and
0: her story yeah. is amazing well, Again, and you know, you're going to hear as a kid she's like oh i didn't think i had a problem i was good And then her going through the decades, just like many of us that are listening to us right now. And, you know, Brian and I have shared some of our struggles of different decades of where we were at. It's, you know, the same thing and, and opening your mouth and realizing that there's so many of us that have such similar stories, maybe different, you know, different little, little problems, different little dips. But for her, you know, from, She's going to talk about you know food to alcohol to you know many different things and and demystifying the word addiction because it's not dirty.
1: No, nope. And and look, you know this is definitely one of those interviews where where people will come on their sh- on the, the show because of what they do or you know their profession or you know things that they've done. Um, but when they come on here, we start to talk. They, they start to talk, to talk about their personal life and things that led them to do what they do now. And uh, you know, it, it really has has molded uh, Dr. Boomney into being, you know, just one of life's heroes. She's uh, she's really helping a lot of people. Uh, And and using her experience and her strength and hope, as they say, um, to, you know, to help people uh, live better lives and and live happier lives. Because when people are addicted to foods, uh, they aren't living their best lives. They're not happy uh, in most cases. Uh, and, And, you know, it's just an opportunity for people to. Um, live a life worth living. And, uh, you know, a lot of parallels in in what I've been, you know, what I've experienced, and you'll hear this in the interview and what she experienced. And, you know, even with Christine, where she says that, you know, the rheumatoid arthritis has been her blessing in life. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, we get it. Uh, And, uh, you know, just a whole lot of opportunity and just someone who's really putting herself out there and her story out there and using it to help people um you know regain their life or or you know have a life that uh, they they maybe at some point never thought that they would ever be able to live so uh encouraging and exciting and i just love this type of thing so
0: Isn't she awesome?
1: She's very good. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What a what a great guest.
1: That's right so if uh you know coming into the new year if your uh, uh goal is to maybe tackle some things in your life that you're not so happy about it. about yourself it. uh this would be a good listen for you and uh maybe uh quite uh possibly a catalyst to uh you know to acting yes on, you on can
0: yes you, you can all
1: right all right everybody here we go two fit crazies and a microphone podcast enjoy
0: Conti. And then I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit Crazy. And the microphone we are where it's at. How mm. you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. It is uh, the holiday season. Oh,
1: it sure is.
0: And I think that our guest today, who is amazing, I honestly think this is a really good fit for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How appropriate. <laughs> and um, Dr. Boomy, how are Hi. you? I'm
2: very well, thank you. And yourself? Fantastic. Doing
1: well, doing well. Now, where Good. are you coming to us from today?
2: I'm coming from London, um, United Kingdom.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's an international podcast today. It is. It is. That's right.
0: We're you know, where were we not a just a couple of weeks ago we were
1: in New Zealand. We're in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, not just Ooh, our yeah.
1: not just our listeners, our guests as well.
0: Yeah. Global, global. That's right. Love it. So, tell our tell our listeners today, and we are fascinated too about this. What are you up to?
2: What is it that you're doing right now? <laughs> what am I not up to? Um, <laughs> um, I'm a food addiction coach, and um, I've been a food addiction coach since 2017. Right now, um, so much is happening in today's climate. There's a lot of chaos and, you know, disordered eating has just gone off the Richter scale. And so I am very, very busy um, helping clients who are struggling with various um, disordered eating patterns, from binge eating, emotional eating, simple overeating to, you know, full-blown food addiction. So it's been a very busy time, unfortunately, for for, for many And um, I'm just here to help serve in any way I can. Um, I've just recently released a book, um, which was released on the 1st of December. Uh, That's called Craving Freedom. And it's my method, the R4 method to overcoming uh, food addiction and compulsive eating. And I've also launched um, a couple of courses, one for helping health professionals recognize the signs and symptoms of food addiction and other um, addictive eating patterns. And also I've just um, uh, finished uh, a course, an online course for people who want to find out more about what food addiction is, how they can help themselves, just to raise awareness, because there's not much awareness as such just yet. Um, It's still a bit of a controversial subject, um, but it's there. The data is there now that uh, people are exhibiting Say fifty percent in the obese, you know, people struggling with obesity uh, are suffering from signs of food addiction. To normal and even overweight, about thirty percent of those clients are suffering from signs of food addiction. So it's a big problem. um, And and there's uh, you know that's where that's where I am.
0: So I'll back up for all the listeners because you know how the heck do you connect with different people? And it was. I think it was Kelly Couture had found out that I was collaborating with our good friend Carly right. Bar Flow, Carly Taylor, and we were collaborating on writing a, you know, eating disorders for fitness professionals, you know, how they, how they can speak with someone who is going through disordered eating or recovering or just identifying what to say as opposed to, you know, you look great, you, Well, right. it, as opposed to it's so great to see you. And, you know, we explored how to speak to people and words matter and, you know, the psychology behind, you know, what we should be doing. And, um, Kelly was like, Hey, have you ever, you know, have you ever talked to Dr. Boomi? And I was like, I've never heard of her. And of course (laughs) I had to, I had to reach out and, and we connected and I am just fascinated with some of the things that you're doing. And I think, I mean, our listeners and everyone, I don't care if you're in fitness, you're not, whatever you do, this is important because I truly believe, I don't know how you feel about this. I think everyone has disordered eating. Everyone. It it doesn't have to be an eating disorder, but like some sort of disordered eating. And you could even say, Brian, right? You're (laughs) plant-based. I am. And for some people say, well, is that is that a disordered eating? That's right. Putting myself in
1: a box.
0: I think it's, I mean, it's fascinating, um, but
2: yeah, go ahead. It's, it's a, it's a big, as you said, it's a big topic and, you know, it's, it's something that takes several episodes to, to talk about, but you know, disordered eating is, as far as I'm concerned, it's something, if it's affecting somebody emotionally, psychologically, physically, it's impacting on their lives um in a in a negative way, then that is definitely an issue that needs to be looked at. That is a disordered problem. But as you said, it's a spectrum. So it can be, hey, I just overeat, too, you know, but it's not a problem and you know I kind of carry on my life, you know, okay to you know this is a big problem and it is affecting me it's affecting my relationships it's affecting my family life my social life work life um and these are the 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 people who are coming to me right now with you know big impactful situations
1: the title of your book craving freedom i mean that is a that's a that's a heavy title I love that. Um, yeah, it, it it really is because a lot of times they are eating their way towards something that potentially they feel is you know is going to make them happier, give them freedom, um, you know, and 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 even on the opposite end, nutrition's funny, right? Because we can go to extremes in either direction. Uh, yeah. you, you know, and, and I'm not sure quite how much you, you cover lack of eating or lack, you know, or not eating at all, uh, as opposed to overeating. But, um, tell us about the, uh, the title of the book. How'd you come up with that?
2: Um, it's something that I, I mean, my personal background is I, growing up, I had, I didn't even realize I had a problem at all. Um, but I, I'd come home from school, very athletic, um, Got home, latchkey kid. My parents worked full time. So, you know, I let myself in, had a key, let myself in, and I would go into the pantry and just forage for food. And it was usually biscuits and I'd put butter in between and make a sandwich out of it and put jam in it and all of that and eat a half a packet of biscuits and then raw jelly and Horlicks. And for me, that was normal. That was normal before my parents got home and then they cooked dinner so that was for me, that wasn't it was just the normal thing to do. Um, And because I was quite fit and everything else, I didn't think anything of it. That kind of petered out. But what took over for me was my addiction to alcohol. So that was something that became a huge problem. And, you know, after a lot of help and a lot of support, you know, thank goodness. um, I kind of got into recovery and that was in my late 40s. And I realized, yeah, I'm feeling really good, great. But lo and behold, to my surprise, it flipped back to food. And it was the same signs and symptoms. It was, and it was insidious. I actually wasn't, didn't realize. And that's what an addiction is, that you don't realize that you got it until you're right in it. Right. So, you know, it was the mental obsession around the food, thinking about it, it's the predominant thought, it was the compulsion, it's almost like you're driven at life point to eat it. It's it's denial. There was a lot of secrecy. There was a lot of hiding again. Um there was withdrawal symptoms, you know, the foggy head, carbohydrate hangovers, you know, all of those things, night sweats. And I've quickly realized that I'm doing exactly the same with food as I did with my alcohol. It's exactly the same. There was absolutely no difference apart from It was a different drug of choice. So for me, I'm a firm and I stand very firm that it is, for many, it can be an addiction. And for me, it was an addiction. And it's, yeah, it enslaved me. Um, You know, it impacted all areas of my life again. Um, And I actually, you know, did crave just to have that peace, that peace of mind, that freedom from that mental obsession, you know, the freedom from cravings. Uh, And that's what you have is cravings then you, 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 it just goes through the whole cycle again until so you've done it again. You say, oh, my God, I've done it again. I feel like a failure. There's shame. There's guilt around it. You feel you're not true to yourself. You're lying to people. And that's what I was going through again and again and again. And I wanted to get off that wheel. So that's where Craving Freedom came from. And... Many, you know, are in that position where they just can't get off, They just want to feel free, they want to feel free from the obsession around food, um, you know, have that kind of peace around it and serenity and, and that's what I help people to, you know, to, to achieve is that peacefulness with self and peaceful, peacefulness around their relationship with food.
1: It's fantastic. I, you know, I'm I'm in recovery myself from alcohol, and and um, you know it's been a long time. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> uh, I got to come up with a better term, I yeah, guess, than that. Yeah, am like, oh. uh, but no. <laughs> um, but really, what it does well is, like, you know, I I can't I can't unsee it anywhere. I can't unsee my behavior anymore. Uh, you know, and that was one of those Damn. things. Recovery taught me that. Recovery taught me, you know, when things are, you know, to detect it when it's happening. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, and it, it, it happens in different arenas, not just alcohol. Right. So like, you know, when exactly. I, I, I mean, I've, I've exercised alcoholically, I've run alcoholically, mm-hmm. uh, I've trained for, you know, events alcoholically and I, and it's a behavior. It's, it's, it's me. Um, you know, it's me exactly. since, <laughs> since, since birth, um, even before I ever had a drink, uh, that, that's, that was my behavior. And, yeah. uh you know, but the awareness that it does allow you to bring and that's when it comes into in a different area and you can see it uh-huh. and, you know, people don't always – people live in it for so long and, you know, and, and perhaps – you know, health wise, it could be as detrimental as something like alcohol or drugs, you know, that, that it's just so glaring. Okay. And it, you know, and, and even, you know, but alcohol and drugs kind of have that taboo, um, that has like that, that, you know, you know, it's bad, right? Um, yeah. you know, especially when it's, when it's being abused and, and you know that it's not a, a way to live. But food is a necessity, right? It's one of those things That's that true. we, that, that we have to have in order to survive. So when that uh-huh. goes off the rails, uh, you know, it's not a, a, as, glaring you know for 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 many um
2: yeah it's not as glaring for many but the the feelings for that individual uh, are still the same even though it's not a taboo subject many will not talk about their 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 patterns of eating because they feel embarrassed they feel ashamed um you know and they feel you know a lot of guilt so you know those internal feelings are exactly the same whether it's food um or alcohol or drugs Food is everywhere, but there are for many it's trigger foods. What we call trigger foods, which will set off that binge, will set off that craving. And as you know, I think you've heard the phenomenon of craving, where it just becomes a physiological kind of tissue hunger, um, and then you can't stop for all the money in the world, you cannot stop. So those those mechanisms are still the same. So for many, it is it is heartbreaking um but as as you said, for you know people who are looking from the outside it's like hey, you haven't got a problem or whatever um but for many, you know that you know families are concerned and they want to help them to stop um,
1: what what are the parallels, what are the parallels? What are, in recovery and and how you work with your clients or um you know or patients i guess or you know how whatever you decide. However, you you refer to them. Um, what are some of the parallels, you know, that maybe I would be familiar with between, uh, you know, alcohol addiction and, and recovery in, in that, and and how you treat food addiction?
2: Right. the Similarities would be, um, so someone might say they're a full blown food addict. Okay, and there's different stages of food addiction. There's early stage, intermediate. There's late stage. There's also emotional eating. There's so you're going to have to really carefully assess. You know what's going on for that person um but if it's like full-blown food addiction the parallels would be as i said the obsession the cravings denial etc we there are many many schools of thought but i believe in abstinence of trick certain trigger foods um i used to get quite a lot of controversy controversial comments from maybe nutritionists dietitians saying you know, foods, you know, food have to make peace with food. And, you know, you, you can't say you, they can be abstinent. Um, you know, we just have to treat it intuitively. And you were so far off the radar when there's an addiction that intuitive eating just doesn't come into it. And so for me, for the just for today or just for that week, we look at having starting off with an abstinent food plan, which is just removing. Those trigger foods, those that start the cravings, kick it off, and we, you know, we provide and uh, co-create a lovely, nutritious food plan that doesn't leave that person hungry or craving or or anything like that. It nourishes the body, it nourishes the mind, and then we start to look at. Um, funny enough, I'm becoming a twelve-step counselor, so um that is what I'm training in right now so it's back to the 12 steps which I you know I firmly believe saved my life in alcohol and um is helping people today so you know the 12 step um uh, role for me is what's important and and looking at the steps but for someone who um really doesn't maybe want to look at the 12 steps we will look at an abstinence food plan they will look at installing. What I'd say is daily check-ins, looking at issues around food, issues, daily issues, what what solutions can we come up? So it's that kind of solution-focused um, therapy. Uh, we're looking at kind of a progress mindset so that we can deal with life on life's terms. We can start finding those coping mechanisms. We start checking that they're abstinent every day, so they're checking with me every day. Um, we'll look at the issues. We'll look at what they're grateful for, um, so we do that on a, daily, on a daily basis, and then we have a kind of a weekly check-in, of them, maybe twice weekly. Um, I'm also a big believer, which helps me an awful lot, is the holistic side. Um, so, for instance, for me, I'm uh, a trained Reiki master. So I really, you know, believe in the energetic side of recovery. Um, so the emotional, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the energetic. Um, so that's involved in things like Reiki, I actually like crystals as well. They're lovely. Um, Tapping, emotional freedom technique. So whatever that client needs, you know, I'll intuitively kind of go, well, what what would really benefit you as well? So it's not just the addiction model and the 12 step. Mm -hmm. I I, I put all this because these are all the things that helped me in my recovery. Really happy recovery and what I'm doing today. And I'm so, I'm so, honestly, I'm so grateful. So this is what I teach is what I did for myself.
0: It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. And what, what's really important too, that, you know, we didn't say is that, you know, the word recovery in and of itself, are you ever truly free? You know, you, it's something that you always will have with you. And, you know, it's like history. We need to look at the past in order to best move forward and have that you Mm -hmm. know you said that progress mindset how do we get that Mm -hmm. we get that through looking in our in our past and learning from what we did and Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to you know for you saying you know what you know was there that line in the sand do you think of yourself as you know every day I am a warrior and you know every day I am taking one step closer to that freedom is Mm -hmm. how do you translate that to the people that you work with?
2: I'll just say it's it's it is definitely a day to time and it it does get better and better. So, you know, if I look at myself even a year ago and I'm fourteen years sober, you know, and and thirteen years, you know, food free.
1: I'm fourteen years sober too. Life
2: is just gets life just gets better and better and better and better and better. And you have a mindset of, you know, I can do these things now. You know, I'm not stopped by alcohol or food or over-exercising that, you know, I, you know, I wake up every day and I feel really grateful and, you know, I'll write that gratitude out. And and I know that if I stop doing the things that I'm doing, that I, I may go back backwards and I don't really want to take that chance. And it's all so easy for me now. So something that had to put a lot of effort in at the beginning, you know, became, you know, and is now something that is part of what I do. And it's every single day. And I love it. You know, I never, ever had that feeling of freedom, you know, until up until my sort of early, you know, early forties, you know, and I and I didn't have that that feeling of, feeling enough or good enough or uh and this is somebody who's you know a doctor you know these are all the things you know my thinking just got me into trouble all the time so I needed that support you know and I'm hopefully I'm offering that support to you know my clients that you know sometimes the best thinking doesn't get you get you anywhere and today I still have somebody I can you know talk to and say you know and they go for me <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> um, so i never ever take it for granted but as a result i'm living the life that i really really wanted to live i left my my dental profession as a surgeon you know go to full going full it into being a you know a, a coach and a counselor and i absolutely love my life uh you know my children brilliant love me to pieces i'm a, you know a great mom because i'm there for them i'm present for them you know, I'm present for my parents who are elderly now. You know, I have a new partner who, you know, never thought you know, I'd, you know, always disastrous relationships. I was always in drama. Um and, and that's not like that today.
1: It's it's a story similar to many that I've heard before and, and hearing it never I, I you know it never doesn't put a smile on my face because I get it. I know exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are better days. Oh. Um, and, oh yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and taking it and, and, you know, as a 12th step of taking it and helping other people with it and, and being of service and, and, and live the way that you are now and helping people in a similar but different, you know, area uh, is, mm-hmm. is, uh, is exciting to you. And I guess, uh, you know, you get to call it work. Um, y- y- you know, but what it is is, y- y- you know, it just sounds like it's something that it's exciting to you that you just get to help people every day, and that's yeah. uh, that's good for everybody.
2: Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And that's what we but get I think false steps for everybody, to be honest. <laughs>
1: oh, of course, no. I'm like, I'm like, it's advantage. I think
2: anyone, it, it's, it's a spiritual program. It's mm-hmm. for anybody, and I think that taboo, which we talk about taboos and addiction and everything, it's a name. It's you know. People say, "Oh, call it addiction." Well, you know, what do you want me to call it? Uh, dysfunction, disorder. They're all still. Mm-hmm. It's still a serious topic, and you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's if it quacks like a duck, it's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us right now what are
0: you seeing? I'm I'm curious as to your perspective on what's the I hate to say it the the hot disorder, the hot topic that you know that you're mostly seeing right now above some others I'm curious about
2: that I'm um, stress eating okay mm. huh. yeah stress eating's a, a biggie and i suppose with what's happened with the pandemic and there's an awful lot of uncertainty we were in we were in lockdown quite a bit so people and we're going back into working from home again we've just been given the Again, because of the variant, mm-hmm. um, people are going back to working from home again. So it was that isolation. And uh, it, it was just a bit chaotic, really. Um, you know, we had homeschooling and families getting on top of each other. And so stress eating was the main one. And stress eating and relationships, you know, breaking down, Um it's, yeah, it was a bit mad. So it's stress eating and just recognizing, you know, the fridges behind you or, yes. you know, and people are just not being able to cope and, and so surprised that they can't stop. You know, I'm trying, I'm doing, using all my willpower to stop and I can't. I'm still having what I want. I'm still going out and getting my donuts or whatever. And I can't, you know, and it's that utter panic. It's like, what's going on? You know, why can't I stop? Why do I feel like it's it's ruling me and it's getting people to understand that let's have a look at other different methods for you know coping with stress that's non-food related um helping them to recognize is it hunger uh, or is it stress is it emotional you know are you eating as soon as something's emotional comes along it's the first thing you're grabbing um Are you eating insatiably? Are you eating when you don't feel hungry? So we're kind of just gently kind of picking it all, you know, to bits and then realising, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I think sometimes it's the awareness that, you know, just helping someone to understand what it is they're struggling with makes all the difference. You know, just increasing that person's awareness and then just some very simple strategies, simple coping mechanisms that will just help turn it around so it might be um, what would i say like say if you're bored or you know fatigue, what what can you do that you know a, a little pastime that you can have simple as that um are you thirsty are you you know thirst and hunger are very very similar so it's it's all the simple checklists of are you hydrated are you having you know three meals a day i say three meals a day you know get your protein, you know just three meals a day no snacking if we can help it make sure you're hydrated again we talk about gratitude so i get them to do some little things um little coping mechanisms and it's just enough to turn people around and go i feel sane again thank you yeah so those are the most common ones that i have but as i said you know with stress eating it affects so much um you know family life uh Coping with deadlines, coping with life in general. So, you know, and we don't want it to tip over into a proper disordered eating pattern, such as bulimia, binge eating, food addiction.
1: It, it's it been, you know, like you said, with everyone being right on top of each other, the thing I saw in myself was, you know, the kids were home. You know, I've got three boys and, and they, you know, they have their snacks and they'd eat half of it and I'd eat the other half and I've got three kids so I'm eating you know yeah. I'm eating three halves yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah. you know, all together and and one day i said I, I, my my one son loves fig Newtons, right, so he's eating the fig newtons, and uh they're delicious they right are delicious. they're delicious they're ta- and I, they're tasty they're tasty they're very tasty, and I'm like you know I'm looking at it. i'm like I've had these every day for as long as I can remember I've had one or two of them and and I was like, that's it." like boom like you said you know abstinence is the only way for me there's no such thing as a little bit yeah. of you know a, a little <laughs> bit of active act alcoholism is no good for me <laughs> <What>? <laughs> right
2: right Just so like a little bit of drug use like
1: you know what I mean it's like I, 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 I'm I, either in recovery or I'm not uh, yeah. so so, and I looked at it in the same way and, and again you know 12 steps has given me the toolbox that I can use to recognize these behaviors and do now what's you know what do I have to do there and, and, and now that they can be around but that's the one of those things, the mindfulness yeah. of the routine or the, you know, the mindlessness of the routine, um, yeah. y- y- you know, that, that we just got locked in on and, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, I have a very active family, so we were active and it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. where we were, you know, house bound for, you know, the, the better half of a year, uh, mm-hmm. y- y- you know, that, that it wasn't necessarily that. But it was just kind of everything else that was coming with it, and and um, being on top of each other and things like that. And and, yeah. and most people, you know, they 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 get in a rut like that, and they're not looking to get out of it. They're looking. No. They're, they're just saying, "This is oh, it is what it is. It sucks. I'm gonna blame the government. am you
2: know, do all the stuff." Yeah, um, but I think there comes a time where you know, it's taking that personal responsibility, and you know, giving that person the awareness and you know then taking the steps to you know be responsible so as you said you know going out going for a walk um you know i call it the stop technique you know you you see something you're about to have it it's right okay it's not easy if you've got three kids and there's food everywhere and it's you know stop you know just stop take time out take a minute do some breath work you know is this observe what's going on in your body let's see what's what where is this feeling in your body You know, and then proceed either, you know, to make the right decision, hopefully. But it just gives that impulse brain time to, you know, the prefrontal cortex decision making part of the brain time to catch up with the impulse part of the brain. Mm -hmm. So it kind of knocks that bit out. And that's what this is all about, really, is the mindfulness. It's training the prefrontal cortex, the real logical part of our brain to kind of override the, the big impulse part, which... Wants everything and grabs everything, and you know we don't. There's mindlessness. What would you
0: What what would you tell people people. that feel that there's a feel that there's still this stigma attached to? You know, well, I don't really want to say anything, or you know, there is a lot of shame behind it, and Mm -hmm. you know, for someone to reach out to you for help, that takes a lot. What, Mm -hmm. what are some of the, I mean, maybe some pieces of advice that you have for, you know, loved ones or again, you know, Brian and I work with a lot of people in the fitness and wellness arena. What are some pieces of advice that maybe we could take away to refer people to someone like you?
2: Um. I'm not quite sure what you mean. So are you saying for you mean your clients or people that yeah, you know? Or... I mean, it
0: could be your loved ones. It could be clients. It's, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, again, when you talk to someone, no one wants to be called out. No one wants to mm-hmm. to hear that, you know.
1: Can I frame it? Yeah. What What's the best way to uh, let someone know that you can help them or that, you know, you understand that they might need some help without hurting them? Right.
2: Yeah, it's simple things like, you know, do you feel that you're you're finding it difficult to, you know, uh, stop eating? Do you feel anxious when you, you don't eat and guilty when you do? Those little things, just like little simple questions. Um, are you eating when you're not feeling hungry or, you know, all those things that maybe, you know, you do need, you know, some assistance to help you. And if it's becoming, you know, a real problem. Then you know there's people to reach out to, and there's lots and lots of people now, whether it's food addiction counselors or eating behavior psychologists, um, you know, that are there to support. And there's lots of support peer support groups as well. Um, but if somebody's feeling, you know, shame, they can actually, you know, just give them the details and, and just reach out.
0: Um, I'm just, I'm just curious as to, you know. One of the the biggest questions, you know, when when Carly and I were writing the Eating Disorders for Fitness Professionals was that people don't, you know, they, they think this is really uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable topic. So we're just not going to say anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not okay to not say anything. Yeah. And, you know, what totally. are – are there any – you know, and I think of the power of words – are there any certain words or anything that you would say? Don't ever say this to this type of person.
2: Um. Number one thing I would say is that it's it's not about willpower. Mm. If we're going to get help, that it's this is not to do with um, willpower. That you're a failure, or anything like that. This is a disease. This is a, a it's a disease, and this is where you need help. So I would never ever say to someone, you know, or when you hear people say, "Oh, they say I'm lazy or greedy or anything." This is nothing to do with that. This is just something to do with um, you know the neurochemistry, and it's nothing to do with willpower. Um,
1: right? Yeah. It's to do
2: with you need help. It's it's. That's how I would say it, but usually I get kind of recommendations, and they have come to me anyway. So, uh, but that's what I would say: is it's it's this is not your fault. Yeah, this is a this is a disease. Y-
1: you know, you'd look at it the same way that you would treat any other uh disease. You, you know, if if someone had yeah. cancer, you wouldn't right. shame them about it, or you wouldn't, or mm-hmm. y- you know, you wouldn't approach it in in a, de- a different way. You'd, you'd offer help. Yeah, right. Um yeah, Totally.
2: Yeah and i feel and I feel also this is where you know demystifying the word addiction I think is very important now, um, because we are living in a self soothing society you know we are now primed for addiction because of the stress levels that the, you know the general population are having now that you know they're either reaching the gambling, drinking, eating, cell gaming, phones. video, cell phone everybody is now you know A lot of people are now in that addictive mode. That impulse brain is now primed and ready to go. So, you know, talking about addiction and and generalizing it, so people kind of go, oh, so that's an addiction. That's an addiction. What is an addiction? It's It's a scientific, it's an addiction pathway of the brain. It's the reward system that has been hijacked. So it's a neuroscience thing. If we could explain it in a kind of neurological term, simply to a lot of people, then it would help people. People like talking about their brains. People are interested. So to be able to kind of demystify addiction, I think, is our main, my main purpose. So I would talk to a lot of people about what addiction actually is. And it's not a dirty word. It's not, it's the opposite of connection. You know, you're isolated. uh, You know, you feel like you're the only person that has it. um, And it's not, a lot millions of people have it and you don't have to be the stereotypical person in the street or you know drunk underneath the bridge or whatever you know it's these are all the things that kind of frustrate me a little bit and I just love to talk about demystifying it so everybody kind of goes oh I'll get it now
0: I love I just love the fact that you know for everyone that's out there and I I honestly believe this and although you know I do think that we all have our whatever fill in the blank. We all have something, whatever that is, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's addiction or this or there is something. And we look at other people always like the grass looks greener on the other side when we never know. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the idea of what you're doing again to bring more awareness to say, listen, yeah, maybe I am, you know, dealing with food addiction, but, this is all connected. Every single person has something that we go through in our life where, yeah. you know, where we fall maybe off track a little bit. And I think it's important for everyone to realize that this should not be something that you're ashamed of.
2: That exactly
0: there is. And it's okay. Yeah.
2: It's okay. It's okay. We you know this is something that we can, you know, help with and deal with. It's not something to be ashamed of.
1: And and even more than that, like grateful that I have it, <laughs> right? Because yeah, like like man, for you know, for every bump and bruise that I've ever taken in life, like you know, i I've, I've I now see it for what it is and what it was. Yeah. And and yeah. Y- you know, again, it led me to this other area in life where I I just get to see things, you know, like the yeah. matrix, and it's like everything <laughs> exactly. just comes at you yeah. a little bit slow. It's
2: like you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like for years, I, you know, I had to be this strong person that didn't talk about it. And as you said, you know, I, it's, you know, it's, it's not my, you know, I haven't got addiction and, da, 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 da. and you know, and I, and I and I'd carry on and I was scared inside and on the outside, I was, you know, pretending to be this strong person. And at the end of the day, when it finally, the wheels came off, you know, it was that vulnerability and just reaching out and saying, I do need help, you know, and that was the best thing that ever happened. You know, and I wasn't judged or anything like that. It was like let you know let us help you, but it's so easy to kind of be in that denial. I don't need that help, I don't need anything, and you know we all need that love and support, you know, and there is lots of love and support out there.
1: I remember walking into an AA meeting. It was one of my very first ones. And like, you know, half my old neighborhood was there. <laughs> and like, they were the ones who were doing, they were the ones who were doing well for themselves. You know what I mean? It was like the ones that were like yeah. respectable, uh, you know, members of society now. And it's yeah. like, all right, yeah. you know, and I'm not even talking yeah. about like some open meeting. It was a closed, <laughs> <laughs> it was a closed one. You know, was, everybody was, uh, was was there. And, uh, you know, I, I knew I, I'd come to the right place. That's for I mean.
2: Sure. It has no, it's, yeah. Well, there's no discrimination, is there, when it comes to, you know, you know, an addiction. Um, it can hit any walk of life, you know, any any ethnicity. It's you know, it's not peculiar to one particular you know person. It's that's the out facts. there, right.
1: So tell us um, a little bit about how you structure things. Do you ever bring people in with groups? Do you is it strictly one on one? How do you handle um, and work with? I've,
2: them? Yeah, I work with um training health professionals. I work in, in you know, we, we do some group work and we, you know, we we qualify. So with individuals who are needing my help are struggling, um it's one to one at the moment. I am now setting up a group in the new year, um, online. So it'd be an online group coaching, an eight week online group coaching programme cool. which I'm setting up. Um so how yeah, does, how does it how work survival.
1: with the with the uh, you know you said educating the health professionals how how is that taken how is that uh, how's the information absorbed by them
2: Very well actually and I because I'm a dentist um by profession my original but you know the dentists you see people are starting to the professions are starting to wake up they're so behind Right They really are um and um I'm working for sort of public health um England and we're putting together something for um, dentists about especially around sugar, um, because many think, oh, you just say this, this, and this, and this, and the person will stop eating. So, well, that person may have crossed the line where it's an addiction. So, what do you do? Simple things, etc. Um, but I'm um, uh, liaising with them, um, fitness professionals, nutritionists teachers which is great nurses so it's lots of different and I'm so pleased um you know some really fab fab reviews and just helping them spot the signs and symptoms and you know what is food addiction what are the stages what are the signs what about cross addiction emotional eating all sorts of different factors so we kind of go through that and then we I kind of put together very simple because I like to keep things simple. What we call the R four method, which is just so that people can visualise, health professionals can visualise how to take somebody through some steps without getting lost. You know, so it's like a little bit of a roadmap. So R one is relationship, then it's reframe, um, resilience, and then recovery. So it's what is the person's relationship with food? What is you know so their assessments etc you know and talking about food diaries and 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 you know all those things and reframing because many come as i said most people have a history of you know problems around food so they're coming to you with feeling like failures feeling like they keep going round and round in circles low self-esteem low self-worth So we're spending time raising that person's self-awareness, whether it's um, through CBT or uh, solution-focused methods, that kind of thing. So we're kind of raising the person's self-esteem as much as possible um, because I said, I've tried all this before. And, you know, so we're trying to get that person's, you know, perk them up more. And then we go on to resilience, which is giving them the coping strategies, you know, day to day coping strategies, mindfulness techniques, and all of that. Then we put them onto, you know, the food plan. So this is what we, we do. So they're all prepped before they actually go on to a, an abstinent, proper abstinent plan. And then we take them th- through the whole thing together. So that's what's helped professionals, um, just simplifying it for them. And they find it very helpful.
1: The four R's. Mm
2: -hmm. I got them. I got it. I kind of call it first defense. It's like, you know, if you don't know much, this is something that you can help your clients with. But obviously if it's more serious than, you know, seeing a, you know, food addiction coach, counselor, that kind of thing.
0: Right. And again, there's, you know, there's only so many people that you can see and, you know, you've got to rely and just educate the people in the world to, get out there yeah. and and make it okay to talk about, to open your mouth, to Turn say light. you know, this isn't this isn't you. This is you know, this is bigger than you. And and Turn let's light. take one little step at a time. And yeah. for that, you know, I know we are very grateful that there's people like you in this world who who are making it okay, who are opening up the dialogue mm-hmm. and, you know, you're letting people in and being vulnerable. I know, you know, Brian and I spend four and a half years on this on these airwaves and, you know, people know a lot about us <laughs> and, you know, and many people will say, you know, wow, you, you know, you, you, talked about this or you did this and I, I, I couldn't have, you know, done a podcast or said that. And I said, well, that this is who we are. Th- this is huh. who we are. We're not going to lie yeah. and, and say that, you know, we're not sad about this or went through this or got knocked down because of that. That's, this is who makes us who we are. And if we can, if there's people that can out there can relate to us and our stories and, and maybe realize that, that they're going to be okay too, um, you know, then, then we're doing our job. So can you tell everyone where they can find your book
1: and your courses? Yeah. Um, They can,
2: they can, I'll send you a link, but um, you can find it on Amazon and craving freedom. It will just come up. It was number one bestseller in Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Kindle at the moment and it's gonna be paperback. We're launching the paperback on uh Monday the twenty first of December. So it's called Craving Freedom, the R Four Method to Overcoming Food Addiction.
1: I love it. Amazing. And and your courses, how do we how do we uh access them?
2: Um on my site, www.thefoodaddictioncoach.co.uk. dot co dot uk. Okay. And all the programs are are up there.
1: It'll all be in the show notes, audience. Just take a look there. Yes. Start clicking, buying, all that.
0: And by the way, just give a shout out of your uh, Instagram, social media handles too, everybody. Listen up. At the Food Addiction Coach. There it is. There it is.
1: Simple enough.
0: (sighs) Yeah,
2: that's how I like it.
0: Well, before we go, by the way... um, we are wishing you um not only a happy holidays but a happy new knee. Yeah. <laughs> so for everyone Much out waited. there.
2: So so tomorrow what um what's happening? Um tomorrow I'm going into hospital and having a full knee replacement in the morning. And hopefully yes, walking without a limp. After that. So All right. I'm looking forward to and again you see you know, I'm just very again gratitude. You know, I'm very grateful. You know, all the support I've had with it, but you know, getting through this without binging, mm-hmm. eating, feeling sorry for myself, you know, any of that—it's been amazing.
1: It's a—it's a, a great opportunity for you. You know, be, better days ahead. You get a new knee, and you can
2: exactly. uh, you know pain-free yeah, yeah. yeah, and you new, new knee.
0: <laughs> go go gadget <laughs> knee. That's it. Uh, Back flips.
1: (laughs) Oh, geez. Right. Couldn't do those with the old knee.
0: (laughs) Well, we wish you um, you. a wonderful pain-free surgery and a wonderfully quick recovery and a very happy holidays and happy new year. And we Um, are grateful for you uh, coming and... Joining us on our two fit crazies and a microphone podcast. Here, here! <laughs> and, Amazing, uh, I great will, team. We will definitely get all your info out to everyone that's listening, and and I really, I really hope that everyone you know got some great takeaways today. Of hey, open your mouth, talk, and um, yeah, we get it going. Yeah. All
2: right. Yeah, Dr. Bomi, thank, thank you, you so much,
0: so much for, uh, for joining us. On. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thank with, you. And with that said, it's Christine Conti. And
1: I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit crazy And the microphone. We are
0: where it's at. Peace.